Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth, with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blades. A very warm welcome and a happy new year to all our regular listeners and likewise to those who are new to Aetherius Radio Live, which is brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio every third Tuesday of the month. Discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Now, to start the new year off, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be discussing what will be a very, very revealing and in-depth subject. Reconnecting with your soul. So without further ado, I hand you over to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you so much, Nikki. And hello, Richard. Hello there, Chrissy. And thank you, Nikki. I'm so glad to be back on the show with you, Richard, and I promise listeners that today's show is going to be absolutely mind-blowing, or I should say mind-expanding. It really is going to be fantastic. The topic of reconnecting with your soul, which is why we're here on Earth, is what we're going to be talking about today. But it's not going to be talked about in a vague, somewhat sentimental way, which you sometimes hear people talking in the New Age movement who don't fully understand what the soul is. Today, we're going to talk about it in a logical, or if you like, scientific way, based entirely on a theory of society teachings, and in particular, an encounter which our master, Dr. George King, had with his own master on May the 16th, 1958, in a rendezvous at 10.35 p.m. on Putney Common, London, which was written up in the early hours of May the 17th by Dr. King. Now, Richard, I remember well when I was in London that you would often go for walks with our master to this very same area, Putney Common. So perhaps you'd like to explain what happened in this area many years previously, this amazing encounter. Thank you, Chrissy. I'd love to. And it's great to be back on the show with you, too, I must say. Yes, it's a region I was privileged to walk with Dr. King on many occasions in the daytime and in the evening. It was one of his regular walks, as well as the other one, which was by the Toe Putney Towpath. And this particular encounter he had back in 1958 took place in very heavy rain. And I'm sure the terrain was a little different in terms of the housing in the area and so on at the time that he made this walk. Now, I have an opinion about the contact which ensued. It's an opinion which Brian Kniep and I express in The King Who Came to Earth, and I only offer it to Aetherius Radio Live listeners for their perusal, because Dr. King himself never revealed who was the Martian intelligence whom he described as his master who made these contacts with him at certain occasions. Another famous one was on the beach in Santa Barbara. I'm of the opinion that this was his own full aspect. And the particular encounter we're going to hear, which describes a thing known as the four aspects of creation, we're not going to hear it, but we're going to discuss it, because I think in there lies the key to us on Earth reconnecting with our soul, uh, is... Very relevant, of course, to him, being the fact that he himself was 
in a fourth aspect, Dr. King, of a great Martian intelligence when he received this. Now, let me say, the report that he wrote up uh, was an article entitled The Spiritual Nature of Man, or it was put into an article later. And this is available. You can get it from Cosmic Voice issue 17. You can download all our Cosmic Voices, actually, that were published in Dr. King's lifetime uh, through our website, the Ethereist Society website, ethereist.org. And also the lecture he gave, The Four Aspects of Creation, will be available to you if you subscribe to the wonderful Ethereus Cloud streaming service, which is now available through that website. But I would say that even some of those of us who studied this particular subject, and it's a, you know, there are some topics, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, Chrissy, uh, in the Ethereus Society that are light years ahead, really, of any other teaching which is available on Earth. I think that has to be said, and some of them are advanced, and some of them are quite difficult although the essence of them is simplicity. And I hope to throw some light on this and show how simple it is. Uh, so this particular one is very, very prone to different viewpoints, different types of understanding. And I think it's one that hasn't been too well understood. But I'm going to try and, if I can, unravel that, because I have had some startling realizations about this, even over the last few days. And I think, again, the key, reconnecting with your soul is the way to really understand it, how it relates to what happened on this earth. So first of all, Chrissy, could you read the first extract from this article, The Spiritual Nature of Man? Yes, my pleasure. I asked my nameless Martian guru, do you on Mars have communication with your etheric realms? His answer staggered me as it will all those readers who are ready to appreciate a revelation of such magnitude as this. For in this answer, dear friends, is a profound truth hidden from modern man until this time. I maintain that here is one of the most important revelations in the annals of all mysticism. The pulses of energy along my spine became more pronounced. My forehead seemed to shrink under the tight band across it, and the shattering answer came. My son, we live in our etheric realms at the same time as we inhabit the physical aspect of our planet. That is described there by Dr. King, as I repeat this, as one of the most important revelations in the annals of all mysticism. And it changes our view, our understanding, even of advanced mystical topics. It changes our whole approach to reincarnation, our whole approach to the use of the other realms, the etheric realms, as uh, life after death, places that we go as a waiting time and a learning time before our next reincarnation. It changes our approach to the visit that we will all make between lives to the halls of judgment, which are actually on Saturn, where we are guided. Our soul, and this is key, our soul is guided to determine our next life. Um, it changes our view to all of these things, as I'll try to explain. It even changes our view to 
the aura. Now, a lot of people don't believe in the aura. Some people do. Some people have detected it. Some people have photographed it. Some people have seen uh, an aura around people. It's not that hard to see, get a glimpse of. I've taught hundreds of people myself just to get a glimpse of an aura, and they have been able to do so. It's there. But with this revelation, and the revelation, let me repeat, is the, in these words, my son, we live in our etheric realms at the same time as we inhabit the physical aspect of our planet, changes our view of the aura as well, because our aura is attached to us on the physical plane. If we were able to inhabit the etheric realms, we wouldn't need to have the aura here at all, uh, because we could go straight to those realms. We wouldn't need, those of us who've been able to do this, and again, this is only believed in by some, others who've had out-of-body experiences have found this to happen. Uh, uh, people have sometimes be go, go to sleep at night and they find themselves drifting over and looking down at their physical body and then they have a so-called dream, which is actually an out-of-body experience in many cases. Astral projection is what we're talking about would not be necessary. Now, here's a startling thought. Wouldn't Even if you could do it, you wouldn't need to do it if we were occupying the etheric realms because our astral body, by the way, wouldn't be attached to the physical body at all. It would be in the etheric realms at one and the same time as the physical body is here. I must say, uh, a few years later than this, in the Nine Freedoms, a, 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 an incredible statement appeared in the Sixth Freedom that the Ascended Masters have no aura. They have a great auric field, but no aura. And that's a very important distinction because the Ascended Masters transmute all energies onto the level which can be used by others who are less evolved than themselves. And that must be the principle. They must be emulating the principle that is practiced on other planets. And of course, in this case, we're talking about Mars. You know, there, there are differences. You could say that the four aspects of creation, it doesn't necessarily apply literally to the whole of creation. The four aspects apply to Mars. And I'm not going to attempt in this particular uh, program to go into what those four aspects are. You can learn all that very readily from studying the article, from listening to the lecture. What I'm trying to look at is how does this affect us here on Earth? Is there anything you want to add to, to any of that, Chrissy? No, I think that's fine at the moment. Okay, Let's carry okay. On. <laughs> okay. Let, so, so let me carry on. So um, now, something that's particularly interesting to me is that Dr. King asked this question in the extract that Chrissy read us. Do you have on Mars, uh, or rather, let me get it right, do you on Mars have communication with your etheric realms? And the answer he received staggered him. Now, this tells me that Dr. King at that time, in May 1958, didn't know that Martians inhabit the physical and etheric realms at the same time. Or he wouldn't have asked that question and he wouldn't have been staggered by the answer. He must have thought the situation could be similar to the Earth. And I think this tells us a lot. We can take a lot for granted. We have to remember this is before the 12 blessings, 
before Operation Starlight, before the Nine Freedoms, Dr. Kim was still, uh, you might say, gaining knowledge himself, learning. If you look at it with the eyes that we have now and the knowledge we have now, thanks to him, that came later, it's a very, very different thing indeed. So he was wondering uh, if there was a similar type of situation on Earth. And I'm going to ask Chrissy now to read the an extract, or I'm going to ask her in a moment. But before I do, I just want to share with you a quote I found from a, a transmission by the Master Etherius. It's actually a transmission called Nonviolence, which is given by Mars Sector 6. But the Master Etherius comments after. This is in 1956. It's in Cosmic Voice Volume 2, if you want to check it out. But this gave me the, the secret, the key to unlock, if you like, the mysteries that surround these four aspects of creation and this etheric realm existence and why it is that here on Earth we have reincarnation, we have life after death on the other realms. We're not using those other realms in the way they should be used. We're using them in the way we need to use them. We need reincarnation, but we shouldn't need reincarnation. We shouldn't need to use the other realms that way. So I actually would ask Chrissy first if she would kindly read this extract by the Master Theorius from the transmission Nonviolence. It is so, you know. It is absolutely so. How can you, O oh brothers of Earth, with all your science, build a barrier against yourselves? For you are the judge and the jury, you know. You have been made like this specially. It is the great safety valve. If this were not so, certain of you would have destroyed creation long ago. This negatization of the plan of the divine architect could not be allowed to take place, so a self-judgment was imposed as a guarantee of continuance. This is surely obvious to you all. Think about it a little bit. It must be obvious to you. How can it be otherwise? It cannot. We are doing, at the moment, as much as we can to save you from your lower selves and to make you realise that you can, and should, become the servants of the higher self within you all. Thank you, Chrissy, for reading that. Contact Your Higher Self Through Yoga was the title, I believe. It was the first book Dr King ever published. And that's another way, really, of saying reconnect with your soul. Uh, and it was the word safety valve that acted as a complete trigger for me. I had a kind of epiphany when I read that again recently. I'm sure I've read it many times before. But, you know, you can read things. You can study things in the Ethereum Society. I've studied on and off the four aspects of creation for over 50 years and thought about it and never quite got to the bottom of it until now. So this can happen. But those words safety valve explain it all to me. Uh, and the very fact that if we didn't have the safety valve, we would have destroyed creation long ago. We'd have negatized the plan of the divine architect even, which couldn't be allowed. Because think about it like this. If we didn't have reincarnation, we would carry on down our way, unconnected, for the most part, not always, but for the most part to our souls, going in the wrong direction, ad infinitum, and that would negatize the plan. What happens is we have a lifespan. 
We have it because we need it, not because we should have it. We need it, we die. We die, we pass on to another realm, which shouldn't be used this way, but is used this way, to wait there, to learn there, to, in the halls of judgment, under the guidance, this is our soul, by the way, which is doing this, but our soul is receiving guidance from lords of Saturn to make the judgment as to our next life. But we make that judgment. It's not made for us. It's not made by God, except that everything is God. It's made by our own souls under guidance, and we determine our next life. And this is a safety valve. I could suddenly see it. This stops us going on in the wrong direction. We then come back into another life to give us all those experiences that we actually need to evolve in the right direction. Often we don't take them, and then it happens again, and it happens again, and again, and again. The safety valve being the reincarnation process, the etheric realm usage, the, the judgment that's made, and the reincarnation in our next life. So that's, that's what's going on. But it's not the way it should be. It should be the way it is on Mars. It should be the way it is on higher planets even than Mars. We should be one and the same time in the etheric realms. We shouldn't have an aura. And the only people on Earth, if you can call them people, who don't have an aura are the ascended masters uh, because they're above having an aura. But we have an aura because that's where our, those energies are lodged around us. The problem is we're not connected with them. What's the answer? Reconnect with our souls. If we were connected to our souls, we wouldn't need the safety valve. We would be following it. We wouldn't need to die. We would be in tune with the direction we should be going, the karmic route we should be taking all the time. And that is why reconnecting with our soul is the answer. I think, Chrissy, at this point, we should probably hand over to Nikki for the announcements before we come to our second reading. Yes, good idea. Thank you, Richard. Amazing. Wow. Well, my goodness, uh, that is definitely giving us so much to contemplate on. Thank you very, very much, Richard and Chrissy. You are listening to a series radio live with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze discussing reconnecting with your soul. Now, on Sunday, January 28th, centres of the Ethereum Society around the world will be holding services to celebrate the birth of our late founder, President Dr. George King, which took place in England on January the 23rd, 1919. For more details of these activities in your local area, then please visit ethereus.org. Now, here's an advance warning for those at the Eastern USA branch on Friday, February the 16th, a lecture entitled ET Contacts Substantiated will be given by Dave Capraro. This will take place at the Royal Oak premises of the branch between 7.30 and 9.30 p.m. So do sign up for that one. But now you may remember during the last show that Richard was due to do this month's show with Brian Kniep, but this has been postponed. However, 
It might, and I stress might, take place next month on February 20th and will be a very, very special show. So we will keep you posted. So please join us next month for another exciting Aetherius Radio live show when more intriguing subjects will be discussed during this hour of truth. So that's it for now. And I'm very pleased to hand you back to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki. Richard, I just have to say one thing. (laughs) I too have read that transmission for many years, many times. And it's amazing to me that those three words, a safety valve, has sparked off these revelations and really changed our entire understanding of our spiritual nature, the path into the future. And I'm sort of rewiring my brain, I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, very advanced concepts. Thank you so much for sharing these, but also very logical. And um, I would urge listeners to listen to this a few times because this is brand new territory. Amazing, Richard. Thank you, Chrissy. Uh, it is. It is. I have to agree with you. It's brand new territory, completely new. This concept has never been given. You know, there are religions and, of course, mystical schools and so on who will teach you about reincarnation. Some of them teach it wrong. Uh, we won't go into that now, but at least they teach it. And some of them teach it right. And there are people who'll tell you the right thing about life after death and how that operates. You won't get a greater teaching and a more explanation than you'll get from Dr. George King that I've ever found. But it's not unique to us at all. But what I think is unique is the fact that we're saying that these things aren't ideal. This is not the, And that's because we're now being told how the law operates on other planets in our solar system and no doubt beyond, but certainly in our solar system. And so we're now finding out that, yes, okay, reincarnation does exist. Yes, you can remember past lives, but it's not of itself a good thing. It's a necessary thing. The etheric realms actually shouldn't be used as waiting places, as staging posts, even as learning places per se, although that will always go on, of course. We should be there now at the same time as we're here on the physical. I'm not saying we'll never go to the halls of self-judgment when these changes take place, but we won't go for the reason of determining our next life because reincarnation won't exist. Procreation won't be necessary. That's in another transmission called the new world. We will eventually be born through the flame of the Logos as they are on other planets, So there won't be bloodlines, there won't be family units as we know them. There will be bonds created by people at a soul level. And that's the key. That's a far greater and far more lasting level, by the way, than physical connections. But we are quite a long way off that. Anyway, Chrissy, I've been talking about a second extract, and this is where the master as he always did, because I actually believe this Putney Common experience was designed for his benefit to help to explain to him what was going on. I think it must have been very difficult, I'm assuming, for him to grapple with the realisation that he was interplanetary. And actually, it was the time when his mother uh, had been told uh, where he came from, and it's, it must have been within the last year or 18 months, no more than that, that he was starting to realise that he was indeed from another planet. Now he's being told 
these four aspects and how they operate, and that he's one of those aspects, actually a fourth aspect, of a Martian intelligence. But always he tried to bring it back in an educational way for the benefit of us on Earth. So in that light, Chrissy, could you please read the second extract from The Spiritual Nature of Man? Certainly. When he had imparted these astounding facts to me, I inquired as to whether the same conditions applied to the other planets. Yes, my son. On Saturn, the Great Ones are fully aware of existence upon seven planes at the same time. Such contact enables them to perform feats which we fail to understand. Does, I began. Yes, came the answer before I could finish my question. This applies equally to Earth. Man upon this planet has lost contact with his primary aspect. Has lost contact with his primary aspect. The article, by the way, does explain the four aspects of Martian existence, and it's, it's well worth studying. And it also divulges that uh, he was a, that someone he knows was told that a close relative of theirs came from Mars. That's, I'm sure, is his own mother, Mary King, being told about Dr. King's identity. And then he gets to what the extract we've just heard. Now, I admit freely that I'm one of those who haven't fully understood up to now, I get it now, what this means about life on Earth. In fact, it was a 5.30 a.m. one morning recently that I suddenly all clicked. It all fell into place. And I thought, wow, this this is enormous. This statement, this applies equally to Earth. Man upon this planet has lost contact with his primary aspect. Before we get to that, though, it is mentioned on Saturn that they are fully aware of existence upon seven planes at the same time. So that's not just two, not just the primary and the secondary, the physical and the etheric. That's seven planes at the same time. That's on Saturn. But this is the bit that's relevant to us. This is why we need to reconnect with our soul. It's actually a devastating statement and a tragic statement, really, that we've lost contact with our primary aspect. And I think there are people who've heard that and thought, oh, gosh, so we've got some other aspects on my going about its business, doing something else. Well, I'm here in the secondary aspect doing this. And it's almost like a schizophrenic uh, approach if you look at it that way, but that isn't the right way, I don't think, to look at it at all. It's that we're not activating that higher aspect. Um, it, it shows something quite shocking about the way we live on Earth, and, and I've covered that quite a bit. Uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier, there's no need for us to astrally project, or rather there is a need, if we're able to, to astrally project now to get to an etheric realm but we won't need to do that in the future because when this change happens sometime in the new age i assume we will be there already but we've lost contact with this with our primary aspect and that shouldn't shouldn't be taken to mean we have two parts of our being doing different things it means that the primary aspect and this is the key point i think is effectively non-functional except when we're in tune with it. Uh, That applies to the soul. We aren't activating it. We aren't applying it. We aren't using it. We aren't connecting with it. The aura around us 
should really be an operational aspect in the etheric realms. Actually, Chrissy, that's always kind of troubled me a bit, that what's the difference between, say, if you're an enlightened person? Of course, an enlightened person will have contacts. We'll, we'll come on to that intermittently with their soul. But perhaps uh, you, know, you have good energies in your aura. What's the relationship between those energies and the etheric realm where those kind of energies exist? And it is a very grey area, and it's all because we have evolved in this limited way, and the aura is virtually an appendage to our physical body. So that's the point. The aura should be operational in the etheric realms, but because of our involution, it's limited to the physical plane unless we're able to project. Would you want to comment on that, Chrissy? Well, I was just wondering, so you're saying, Richard, that in the future we won't have an aura on the physical yeah. plane at all. I, I am, yeah. It, rather like right now, the Ascended Masters don't have an aura. And they don't, they'll, or let's put it this way, the energies that are in their aura will be in the etheric realms and they'll be right. operating there at the same time and they'll be able to go, you know, it's very interesting. One thing I would refer people to is the Gotha Master Contact in 1966. And the lecture, the brilliant lecture Dr. King gave about that. Now, this is many years later, and he knew far more, even from personal experience. Bear in mind, this is before the lower astral sorties by the adepts, this experience he was having. Much more had been learned by him as the next few years went on. This article was written before all that. But in 1966, he had, a, as some will know, a physical encounter with an intelligence from another world from another solar system known as Gotha. And he describes the fact that 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 intelligence um, could dematerialize, materialize at will, materialize on any level he wanted to. For example, when he was going to walk through a gate, he dematerialized and then appeared the other side of the gate and then rematerialized. He didn't want to be touched by it. Dr. King said he wouldn't allow even Dr. King to touch him. Uh, if he, he said if he did, he would fade, he probably, Dr. King felt, he would fade away deliberately. So they, those sorts of powers will exist. It will be um, moving at will to whichever level you're directed by your soul, by your higher self, which you'll then be in contact with uh, in order to do the most good, which the ascended masters are doing now, of course. Yes, Incredible revelations and takes some thinking about, doesn't it? Yeah, it Definitely. really is. It really is a mind blow. It's it's almost disturbing actually when you first grapple it, and then when you get it. I must say, at five thirty a.m. the other morning, I was truly elated uh, by just you know the the realization of spiritual truth can be the most elevating experience I think that there is. I, I obviously the experience of accomplishing service is greater uh service is the greatest thing but that moment when you realize not just kind of work it out or you know argue it through or but realize a spiritual truth is is beyond the sort of happiness that you can get uh from emotional uh physical material pleasures if you want to call them that it's something uh, intangible in that way. It really is like an initiation, isn't it? I mean, it really incredible. is. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure I'm not. You know, it's not unique 
at all to somebody like myself. I'm sure others will bear that out too. It's a most wonderful thing. And this is something you can realize. And then it transforms your approach to everything. It transforms the way we evolve. We can't change the way we evolve at the moment. We're not ready to. We still need reincarnation. We still need to go to the other realms and work there and prepare there and then come back again because we aren't in con- contact with our soul enough. And that's the problem. And and I, I, you know, I'll say this straight. I think, you know, other religions, some of them, I believe there's about 2 billion people, I think, who believe when I last heard a poll in reincarnation on this level, it's quite a widely held belief. It's not, as I say, not fully understood. But even the people who teach it, they don't explain why it exists. They don't explain that it's as a master theorist brilliantly, I think, absolutely brilliantly terms it. I'm saying that he terms it this way. This is how I read it a safety valve to stop us going off unchecked, unguided by our soul, effectively. So we have to come back and get recalibrated and you know gain the experience, however hard they may be, to get us back on track again. The yeah. sort of teaching, even if you get it about reincarnation from other from some of the world religions, are kindergarten. Sorry, compared to this is university postgraduate level compared to <laughs> kindergarten. Um and even some of the mystical teachings, the alchemical writings, the theosophical writings are pre-university level compared to this. That's not to decry anyone, and it's certainly not to praise uh, any of us. It's because the teachings have now been revealed and they're there for us to understand, which is what we try to do as best we can on the Theorist Radio Live. Well, you certainly do, Richard. I have to say, promoting these advanced teachings is a complex issue. And um, as we know, you know, it takes a certain understanding and experience to teach these to all different levels of people. And Ethereum Radio Live is such a great platform to do this. Well, it's a privilege to do it, and it's a pleasure as well. I, I must say, though, I wouldn't want people to be discouraged. Even though we have to face the truth, I wouldn't want anyone to be discouraged by the fact that we are uh, not in contact, we have lost contact with our primary aspect. Because, and I'm going to ask Chrissy actually now, if you would please, to, to read the next extract which comes, because as always, this master of our master, as he was called, uh, is very encouraging and helpful. And so if you could perhaps read the next extract now, Chrissy. Yes. Occasionally, his awareness is heightened sufficiently to enable him to receive certain flashes of knowledge from what he chooses to regard as his intuition. This concept, which we know to be a manifested state, if understood, leads one not into recognition and acceptance of division, but rather into the realms of perception and acceptance of spiritual unity. I think that's the point. I mean, those words, spiritual unity, I think get rid of all ideas that you've got these two aspects trotting along independently, even though we've lost contact with it. It's a unified thing. It's just that we're not making the connection. And here's some encouraging words. Occasionally his, that's humanity, that's men and women on earth. Occasionally his awareness is heightened sufficiently to enable him to receive certain flashes of knowledge from what he chooses to regard as his intuition. 
Now, the intuition is our connection with our higher self. If we take it far enough, if we go high enough, high intuition, you know, that wonderful phrase in the fourth of freedom, the transmutation of mental energies upon the plane of inspiration called high intuition. That leads us into contact. That's the stage that leads to meditation, by the way, above contemplation, uh, to samadhi, if you like. That is a, a way of reconnecting with our soul. And some people have flashes. A lot of people have flashes. I'm going to name just a couple, if I may, Chrissy. And one which gets, I think, discredited a lot in the New Age movement is conscience. Uh, people mix that up with guilt, with sort of culturally developed guilt. Uh, and, and that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about conscience, which comes from the higher self. And it's uncomfortable sometimes. And so we block it off. But in, it's a big mistake to block it off. First, because it stops us learning. And second, uh, because it also then, we block off a lot of other knowledge which comes from the soul. You can't just cherry pick. I won't have the bad news. I'll just have the good. And, you know, we coarsen our etheric structures such that we don't feel the prick of conscience when it penetrates the etheric flesh, using the word flesh just symbolically. We no longer feel it. And that's a dangerous place to be. And it isn't just about things that we are sort of realized socially aren't good behavior. It's about things like recognizing truth. What is the ring of truth? It's actually a 19th century phrase, but it, it, it's because it was related to when people talk and you hear a ring of truth in the way they talk. But we know what it, we all know what it means. Something is told to you and it has the ring of truth. And you can recognize that because you're intuition is correctly guiding you to recognize it take it one step further by the way and you will see the light of truth as well that's where the intuition can take you and in these moments this is an encourager thing we have these what are described as flashes of knowledge from what we regard as our intuition and then we go on this concept says this martian master which we know to be a manifested state, if understood, which is what we're trying to do here today on Ethereum's Radio Live, if understood, leads one in not into recognition and acceptance of division, not seeing the soul is there, the aura is there, the etheric are there, I'm here, but as he says, quote him, rather into the realms of perception and acceptance of spiritual unity. They go together. Perception of the soul perception of your higher self, perception of higher knowledge, perception of intuition, and then comes acceptance of spiritual unity. It's all one. Any comments you'd like to make, Chrissy? Oh, poor old Chrissy, I'm not letting you get a word in. It's a bad habit no, no. of mine. No. Uh, well, these are certainly great pointers that you've given, Richard, to our understanding of these brand new, to most of us, concepts. So it's very, very helpful indeed. And certainly worth our effort to take these into account and to use use these pointers when we are grappling with our understanding, as certainly I am. Mm. So thank you. Well, I would say that, you know, the the Martian intelligences were a Martian, we're told, and this is about Mars. And I believe that's deliberate. I believe that's because this Martian uh, intelligence was 
and I'm saying that I think it was a higher aspect of Dr. King, but whether you think that or not, was guiding Dr. King about himself because Dr. King himself, as we've now revealed and as now know, came from that particular planet about his own life. He was in the fourth aspect. So it's all being given to him. He himself, Dr. King, tied this in, and you'll hear this in his uh, lecture, I think in order to make it easily understandable, and this is not easily understandable to most people, because these are thoughts that have never, ever been given before, nor of the seven dimensions of creation, by the way, ever been given before. And it goes further than anything that we've ever heard before. And this is what makes the Ethereum Society an advanced organization, although we try and keep it simple. And some of the things that we teach and do are very easy to understand and they don't require deep knowledge or anything. And they shouldn't do. Everyone can pray. And that's a simple, straightforward act and you can experience it. But some aspects of the Ethereum Society go way beyond any other teaching we've been given. So as I mentioned earlier, actually, this visit from the master from Gotha, Dr. King gives a brilliant lecture and it's quite informative about all this. And he, he said that this Gotha master was a master of all the planes of existence on their planet. Um, so that in two is, is very interesting, is it not? They are not just masters of the physical, they're masters at the same time of the other realms. They just put their energy where they want to put it. You know, so that they might want to put it on a level, let's call it level three. They might want to put it on a level, say, level six for some reason. They want to get really advanced knowledge and go there. Or they might want to put it here uh, and then they'll manifest here. All within, of course, if we're on Earth, it all have to be done uh, within the confines of karma, which is what makes the interventions by the ascended masters very difficult for them to do. It's our karma which prevents it. I, I could go on at length about this. It's so enormous. And I can see, let me just say this, why Dr. King called it in his article, and I quote again, one of the most important revelations in the annals of all mysticism. And I really, really think it is because it changes everything. And even though we can't manifest this at the moment, if we know that's where we're headed it will change our approach to everything. So, Chrissy, please. No, I, I think it's so exciting. It really is exciting because it, it gives us a glimpse into our future because, you know, I've always been a bit depressed at the thought, got to be reborn again as a baby and yeah. have to find our, you know, our path again and on and on. So this is like, it's very, very uh, hopeful. It's very exciting. Uh, so thank you for bringing it to to our attention like this and for showing us this way forward, which is already in our teachings, I know, but, you know, we can miss them very easily. Indeed. Well, thank you, Chrissy. Now, I did say earlier, I've mentioned a couple of times, the halls of judgment on the planet Saturn, and I'm going to hand over to Chrissy now, who's been very patient letting me speak away here, because Chrissy's going to, and she'll tell you what she's going to read from, give us an absolutely brilliant uh, reading, I must say, that relates very much to those very halls of judgment on Saturn that I've referred to a couple of times. So Chrissy, over to you. Yes, this is an extract from Dr. King's lecture on life on the planets. And he delivered that on February the 15th, 1960. And it really is a revelation. 
because we all know that when we pass on, we do go to the halls of Saturn and uh, judge ourselves there under the guidance of these wonderful lords. And this is a description, and uh, you will see when I read it, it's, it's fairly long, so I'd ask you to just relax and sit comfortably and close your eyes if you wish so that you can visualize Visualize being taken on this incredible journey to this really advanced planet, Saturn. Be at peace, nice, gentle peace. Visualize the fact that you are leaving this Earth. You feel quite free and you leave this Earth and you go upwards through space. Now you don't feel space as cold at all. You feel it extremely pleasant. And your destination, you know, is a great shining planet of Saturn. When you get nearer to Saturn, you become aware, far more aware, of things around you. You can see a great sea of colours blending and interblending one with the other. And this sea seems to wash around the shores of this great planet. You don't make any attempt at all to land on the rings of Saturn, which at the moment we will leave out of our visualization exercise, but you go through these and you begin to circle in towards the surface of the planet and you begin to rotate in a spiral movement. This is very important. You gradually spin down and down and down until you notice before you a great opening, rather like the opening of a cave which goes downwards. The great sea of colours seems to close over you and you go down into deep purple silence. You continue this spiral movement and it gets more purple than ever, more silent than ever. Absolute quiet now, until you suddenly notice you're no longer travelling. When your eye becomes sensitised to your conditions, you see at the far end of a tunnel, or what looks like a tunnel, a white light, a brilliant white light. And you make your way gradually towards this white light. And as you get nearer to it, you can feel tremendous vibrations which seem to impinge upon you. And these vibrations seem to lift you. And you feel even freer than you did before, more charged than you did before, more mentally alert than you did before. And then you see from where the white light comes and you stop still. You notice in front of you a crystalline substance rather in the shape of a very large upturned glass, some 20 to 23 feet in height. Inside that huge upturned crystalline glass, there is something which looks like a huge incandescent egg, which is hovering about three or four feet from the floor and some 15 or 18 feet in height. And you know that in that incandescent egg, radiating thousands of colours, is a great and vast intelligence. You stop still in awe because you know that this intelligence knows you far more completely than you have ever known yourself at any time. But you also know that this intelligence will never condemn you, will help you, will guide you, 
but never condemn you. And you suddenly become aware of where you are. You're in one of the tribunal halls of Saturn. And as you stand or hover there, you know that you will return to that place again. You know that you will look again upon that great intelligence and you know that when you do, this intelligence has been in this meditative state for 50 to 60,000 of your earth years without moving one iota and yet at the same time has split its consciousness into 2,000 different parts and is fully aware, even as you stand and look at it, of what each part is doing, even though they might be millions of miles apart, scattered right through the galaxy. You're standing in one of the tribunal halls on Saturn. You know that you will return. When you have passed this initiation called death, you will return to this place. The great intelligence in front of you is one of the perfects. You will come before this great being, but not to be condemned, not to be torn asunder, but to be built up. For this being will teach you the great secret. And the great secret is, he will teach you how to judge yourself. Now, my friends, this is not fiction, but fact. I know that this is so. I know that you will return to this place again. You will see that which I described. It all depends upon your actions today and tomorrow as to how you will have to, by law, judge yourself. If your actions be the actions of a wise, sane, nice-thinking individual, you will be allowed to judge yourself as that. This great being will teach you beyond all doubt that your countless tomorrows are made for you today. It depends on how you act today, how you will act tomorrow, as to what judgment you must by law impose upon yourself when you pass through this initiation called death and return again to the tribunal hall of Saturn. Within this great being is a deeper compassion than anything you have ever heard of yet. You might do well to remember that. I'd like to say that I hope that God's blessings go with you all. You know, the situation on this earth is not hopeless, no matter who tells you that it is. The situation on this earth can be put right, no matter what foolish person says that it can't. It can only be put right, though, by you. May God go with you into the journey that you call tomorrow. Wow. What a beautiful extract that is, and beautifully read, Chrissy, I must say. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Thank you, which is a great honour on my part. <laughs> I, I think, you know, and this really applies to what we're learning here, and when we certainly when we got on to the advanced teachings, such as the four aspects of creation, we're given them now for a reason, a couple of reasons at least. One reason, of course, is that Dr. King was available at this time to receive them. And that won't be applying always in the future, if at all. So 
That's one reason. But there's another one. And I think that's because these things are given to us. This is something I started to realize on another show called the Spiritual Freedom Show, which we did around the nine freedoms, the, the higher freedoms, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, that Saturnian existence, solar existence. You might say, well, it's kind of theoretical. It's just telling us about the future. No, I think it's given to us so that we can apply the principle, the spirit, if you like, of what's to come and how they operate now, in the here and now. I mean, I'll give one example that I, it's my own belief that will happen more than maybe has happened in the past. Now that we understand about fourth aspect existence, now that we understand about ascension and what it is and how it comes about, I think there'll be a different approach. I think that when people on earth reach the stage, whenever that comes, when they are ready to ascend, and that's quite something. You know, I, I have said before, I think that the description of cosmic consciousness in the nine freedoms, if a terrestrial person entered the cosmic consciousness in the way Dr. King did, they would immediately ascend. Or if they didn't, they'd be ready to ascend. Because most people, you know, if they do enter the state at all, do so at a much more lowly and more limited way without transmuting every bit of energy within every chakra of their being, as he did and as he describes. But my point is this. When an individual on Earth now, be it a man, be it a woman, be it whoever they are, reaches the stage when they can now they are now ready to take the initiation of ascension in the light of these teachings in the light of the example of the 12 blessings but especially in the light of fourth aspect intelligences like jesus like buddha like dr king like shri krishna like others now we know what they were doing now it's been explained to us people on earth are, are going to be more inclined i believe to possibly delay their ascension, to say, well, what actually is going to be the most useful thing I could do to serve our world? Will it be more useful if I become an ascended master? Or would it be more useful if I delayed that for a period, only for a period, so that I'm still able to intervene more karmically than I could as an ascended master, albeit in a much more limited form, but that's the principle, is it not, say, of Operation Sunbeam, for those who know about this, being touched by human hands. So I think everything is going to change, including the greatest initiation any of us will ever have on Earth, namely ascension. So that's another thought I'd like to throw in to the mix there, Chrissy. Well, that's a very interesting thought indeed. Um, and just kind of goes to illustrate how the tremendous opportunities we have on being on this physical plane, doesn't it? I mean, that It we... does. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. And I do think there are people who have a certain realization who are studying these very self-same teachings we're talking about now who would like to be on the physical plane, not because it's better, not because it's more comfortable, but because they know what service can be given here. And they know that where they are, no one really disagrees with them. They might not be all doing the same, studying the same things, but those that aren't studying the same things are all for it 
They're not against it. They're not filled with doubt or all the other things you get on the physical plane, your ridicule, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so they recognize it's more difficult. But just to conclude this show, Reconnecting with Your Soul, I don't think I really defined at any point exactly what the soul is and particularly the difference between the soul and the spirit. So I would just say this, that the spirit is the unmanifested aspect within us all of the divine. It's in manifestation, it's in everything, but also it's beyond manifestation. That's the spirit. The soul is the highest aspect of our being, the super consciousness, if you like, the, the, the highest level of mind. It's as near to spirit as, as you can get. You know, there's this great quote, and I, I, this is from memory. It's in, it's in You Are Responsible. Uh, the master of theories anyway refers to uh, three-dimensional mathematics and he goes on about six-dimensional belief, nine-dimensional faith. So, And you, he said, use your six-dimensional belief and your nine-dimensional <laughs> faith so that the 25-dimensional power can work itself out. Well, some words like that. Now, there is a reference into the, in the serpent power, which is a, regarded as a highly advanced and even Dr. King has said this, mystical work, mainly about Kundalini, although there's an element of it, I'm sorry to say this in my humble opinion, which is almost childish compared to the teachings we have now, because it's not service-orientated enough, but that's just my humble opinion. But it's still a very advanced work. But there's a, there's a quote in there of the 25 aspects which exist of, uh, of, of existence, as it, as it were, on Earth, all the way through up to the highest, highest levels from the, the basic elements all the way through to the highest aspects of mind and as near divinity as it gets. But it doesn't get to divinity. And that's where the soul is. It's the highest aspect of our manifested being. And if I could just finish with a great quote from the wonderful New Lord's Prayer, in praise of your greatness doth my soul sing, grant it energy to sing on forever and forever beautiful yeah so thank you chrissy and uh and we better hand over before we're in trouble to our producer oh, thank you so much richard brilliant show thank you thank you oh my goodness my goodness i mean i could just listen to you both forever that was brilliant and thank you richard and chrissy for sharing such fascinating and i would agree mind-blowing revelations during this show certainly much to ponder and deeply contemplate on and into the new year so please, please join us on February 20th for another exciting Ethereus Radio live show when more intriguing subjects will be discussed during this hour of truth. And you can connect with your host Richard through his website richardlawrence.co.uk and Chrissy through her website chrissyblaze.com. So we hope you enjoyed the show and thank you so much for listening and we look forward very much to your company next month.